hello, my name is Robert Forster, and you're with Gareth and Ryan on Six Pack. I've got time for one more round and a six pack to go. One six pack to go. Welcome back to Six Pack, a podcast in which a couple of old drinking buddies share some favorite tunes and a six pack of beer. We'll choose a year, spin six tunes, and down six beers. I'm Gareth, and if you vote for him, he'll make Australia great again. It's Ryan. <laughs> this episode, we'll be playing music from the year 2015. I'm sitting here in a Make Australia Great Again cap. MAGA. That was when that was first used. <laughs> that when that started, that, yeah, was it? that phrase was first used Jesus in 2015. Right. So we're doing 2015 eight years ago. Yeah. We always get a bit worried about doing the uh, this century ones, don't we? Musically, yeah. I guess there's yeah. stuff to talk about, I think. But um, yeah, it's... Um, Recent, recent history. Yeah, yeah. To old people like us, anyway. To me, there's not much difference between 2023 and 2015, <laughs> to be honest. Well, but we're going to pluck out it. six songs anyway from yeah. 2015. It's the year that our guest chose. Our special guest drinking buddy this week is. So it's Robert Forster from the Go Betweens. That's a cool one, isn't Love it? Love the Go Betweens. Yeah, massively influential and yeah. respected band from Brisbane. Been and- been around since the late seventies. Yeah, and he's got a new solo record out, which is why I was talking to us chumps. Yes, and talking his, about his that, solo a- album's called "The Candle and the Flame," and it's a pretty good album. It's and lovely. We, yeah, we talked to him about that, and of course, Robert Forster has worked with a couple of previous six pack guests. Oh God, okay, I'm scratching my head, Gareth. Are they Australian? Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, well, when he split for the first time from yeah. the go-betweens, yeah. he worked with Mick Harvey on his first solo record. Oh, okay. And the boys from Custard um, played with him as his band. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. There you go. So there you go. Six-pack connection there. Yeah. Go back and listen to our episodes with um, Mick Harvey and Dave McCormack from Custard. Mm, they were good ones. Go-betweens, brilliant. One of the best Aussie bands, I reckon. And he's doing a whole lot of tour dates as well in Australia and in Europe, which we'll mention a bit later when mm. we get into the interview. Yeah, that's going to be good. But he chose 2015, so he didn't delve into his childhood like some people do. He sort of chose a recent one of a band that he really likes. Which oh, is, yeah, um, that's good. I, I like that. Like, yeah. It doesn't always have to be a um, you know formative song. It can be something you're just into yeah. at the time. And he talks about a band. He thought they were, they were an Aussie band. Mm. He thought they were cool. Um, and somewhat underrepresented because oh, we hadn't heard we, of them. Funnily either. enough, we hadn't heard of no, them. No, and we? they're a good band. So they're a good band, yeah. I like it when we get exposed to new stuff as well. Yeah, which is so cool. we're going to hear that later. Um, Gareth, we got any facts about 2015? Shall I just give you, what about this? You know what the biggest song from 2015 was? And I'm sure you were- I you, do, because it's on my little list yeah, here I'm as sure, well. Yeah, I'm sure you're a massive fan of Uptown Funk <laughs> uh, by Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars. It was number one for 14 weeks. <laughs> yeah. It didn't go away and it still hasn't gone away. I, I think I, it's one of those songs. I see you um, putting that on before you go out <laughs> and dancing around your, your house like- Risky business, Tom Cruise style. Don't need to play it now, though. <laughs> we certainly don't. And we're drinking beers this week as well. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm getting distracted. <laughs> Talking about Uptown we Funk by Bruno Mars. Drinking beers. So we're drinking Trail Pale Ale from Capital Brewing. Capital Brewing from the Capital ACT, I think. Let me read you this one off. An American pale ale bursting with pine and citrus flavors, a well-balanced malt profile, and smooth hop bitterness. Mm. It's a good one, isn't it? It is a tasty one. I like that. That's pretty good. Not too strong. 
Very tasty. Mm. We, we're going to drink um, three of these each. Thanks to Bintani, Bintani Supply, Hops Molten East to the beer industry. Make Bintani your partner in taste and quality. And if Bintani, if you're listening, we need more beers. <laughs> get get us some more. <laughs> we can talk a bit more about the year afterwards, but um, yep. you, you're going to spin a first tune for All us? All right, Gareth. This album came out in 2015, and it's someone covering Frank Sinatra. Ooh. Have a listen. Okay. Number one, song one. I'm a fool to want you. I'm a fool to want you. To want a love that can't be true. A love that's there for others too I'm a fool to hold you Such a fool to hold you To seek a kiss Not mine alone to share a kiss that the devil has done Time and time again I said I'd leave you Time and time again I But then would come a time when I would need you And once again these words I had to say I'm a fool to want you Pity me, I need you I know it's wrong It must be wrong But right or wrong I can't get along Without Time and time again I said I'd leave you Time and time again I went away But a time when I would need you 
And once again These words I have to say Take me back I love you So, who was that, Gareth? That's Bob Dylan. That is Bob Dylan covering Frank Sinatra from the 2015 album Shadows in the Night. I've not heard that, but to be honest, I don't think I've probably heard much Dylan after 1975. Yeah. So I'm guilty of not, yeah, he's made so many records, but that sounds pretty, he's he's singing. Uh, Yeah, I thought it'd be a good one. I thought it would ease us into the Robert Forster episode. Mm, Yeah, okay. And the album consists of covers of traditional pop standards made famous by Frank Sinatra, chosen by Dylan. All of them are Sinatra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So should we, let's have a little listen to the original of Sinatra doing that. I'm a fool to want you I'm a fool to want you To want a love that can't be true A love that's there for others too I'm a fool Yes, so there you go. That's old Blue Eyes doing it. Mm. And, and it's funny, that I don't remember that from 2015, just when I was trying to find tracks to play. No, exactly. And no, I thought also I'm going to, I'm going to, I wouldn't say it's cheating to play a Dylan song in 2015 because that's when the album <laughs> came out, but my other two picks are going to be, you know, artists from contemporary. Okay. contemporary. Well, yeah, I mean, I reckon... Dylan may be our most featured artist now. We've played him in uh, well, across the years. So. Yeah, you know. Oh, what about Cher? Hold on. Actual picks, though. Oh, actual picks. actual picks. Okay. I think we've done actual picks of Dylan a few times. But, well, uh, yeah, I why mean, not? That doesn't seem like the same Dylan that we picked back in the 60s. No, so it's, no. it's different. Hey, I've got some more facts for you about um, 2015, Gareth. Japan lifted its 67-year-old ban on Dancing After Midnight. <laughs> and funnily enough, we were in Japan in 2015. We've been there a couple of times. Yeah, that's where we went to saw, saw, saw the go tank, your saw, bro play. Yeah, yeah, and okay. that was 2015, and we were definitely dancing. That was eight midnight, years ago. God, that's, that's scary. the first time we went. Yeah, amazing trip, wasn't it? So, oh, so yeah, it was awesome. I got some facts for you. Yeah, go on. Back to the Future 2. Yeah. You know when they went into the oh, future? Eight, 85 was when it was filmed, and then yeah, the well, future when they went was into 30, the, 30 years in the future. Which is 2015. 2015, yeah. 2015, so... And everyone was on hoverboards. Yeah. Which of the things they predicted came true? I mean, there was a bunch of stuff that kind of, I guess, the probably easy guesses, but, you know, video calls and things like that. Did they predict that? It's been a long time since I've seen it. I know it starts where he hits 2015 and he's... um He's trying to work out the date and he's trying to find a newspaper. They didn't mm. get that one right, did they? No, <laughs> no one's, more newspapers. No one's looking at the newspaper <laughs> That's true. to find out the date. Mm. Yeah. Good film. Oh, top film. Amazing. Yeah. Other big films from then. Yeah. Star Wars, the rebooted version came out in 2015. Yeah. Episode 7 and whatever they call it. And massive shows of the year that we would have been watching. So is that era of... Game of Thrones. The era of the downloads, the, yeah. the torrenting, you know... Unless you had those channels yourself, we'd it's be downloading Netflix and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, I'd be downloading episodes of Fargo, Better yeah, Call because Saul. like we, you would happily have paid for them if you could have. Yeah, but you couldn't. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, it was just a, just that sort of cusp of uh, all those things coming through. But um, Louis, 
Louis C.K. was riding high then. Cool. Before he um, before he got into trouble. Those are the days. Shall I play us a tune? Give us a song. What do you got? You played a cover. Yeah. I want to play a cover. Okay. I actually probably like this cover better than the original. Okay. Although I like, I really like the band, the original band. Yeah. But I don't particularly like this song. But I think that this version kind of takes it somewhere else. covering The Cure. Yeah, Friday My Love, which I'm not a massive fan of The Cure's version of that, even though I love oh, The Cure. that's an amazing song. Do you think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah it's, it's, just, not, it's not It's my just favorite. that thing you've just heard it many, many times. Maybe, and it's yeah. a bit, maybe, it's them sort of drifting into the 90s a bit, which I probably yeah. prefer the 80s stuff. But that's, uh, yeah, Yola Tango off uh, stuff like and that. And it's, uh, is her name Georgia? I think it is, singing? She's the drummer. I've seen they, them. I, I, I've seen them a bunch of times. Um, it's a couple. He, Ira's the guitarist, and- 
he, I think his wife is the drummer. It's a pretty incredible live. Like he does all this crazy sonic wig out stuff on the mm. guitar. Have you seen that stuff? I've seen them and I like them. But I I'm was not, I was I'm very not... into them. Maybe like two thousand to two thousand and ten or something. And then I think the I saw them when they came out. Maybe around them, and I sort of decided I was like, oh, I don't need to see them anymore. Right. I think they got a the record actually. So maybe yeah, um, yeah. Here we go. It's two covers so far. We started with two covers. Uh, so 2015 was um, pre-Brexit. Right. Pre-Trump. Yeah, right. The world was a bit more sane back then, wasn't it? Yeah. I think. God, I mean, yeah, okay. Tories got re-elected in the UK, unfortunately. Uh, is that David Cameron, I suppose, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And Jeremy Corbyn became the uh, oh, Labour, Labour leader. leader. Right, that didn't go, seems like that didn't end too well, did it? No, no, he was never going to be accepted by uh, anyone other than the the Islington set. I'd suggest maybe I don't know. I yeah, think right. It, it's a shame, really. But the media did him um, a good one over on him. The number one word of the year in the Oxford English Dictionary was a smiley face, crying emoji. Yeah, right. You know that thing that everyone bloody does when they laughing so much they're crying. Kind yeah, of thing? yeah, yeah. Okay, that was the the word of the year. Uh, another new word was spokon. What's that mean? Spokon. Was it? It's short for sponsored content. So all like videos. That's us. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> any uh, YouTubers, whatever, when they're talking about something, they have to yeah. now they have to declare whether it's sponsored content. What so for us, maybe spokon. Yeah. Okay. So for us, you know, hey, this beer is fantastic. We're sponsored by Bintani. Yeah. Know, or, um, that's Spokon. We would have to declare if we were being paid to big up any uh, yeah. sponsorships. Yeah, we're Tani, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you talk about words added to the dictionary, I've just found a couple here. Twerk was added. Mm-hmm. Faux shizzle. That's All it. these words that you use in oh, you said, daily. Well, for faux shizzle, I twerk. <laughs> You'd be a big twerker, I'd, wouldn't you? Uh, twerk when, when, when you're putting on Uptown Funk, you start twerking <laughs> on your own. I twerk when I work. <laughs> I bought my flat in 2015. Okay. Where we're sitting at the moment. I've been yeah, there since yeah. 2015. Yeah, right. Okay. Eight years. Yeah. When uh, interest rates were <laughs> good. <laughs> Not what they are now. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. So. Shall I give us a give tune? Give us another tune. We're going to chat to Robert Forster from The Go-Between shortly. Gareth, I'm going to play us a song. It's 2015. You know how you just um, you Shazam things and you have no recollection of where you got it from? Yeah. This is one for me. I don't know who this artist is. Maybe you do, but it's from 2015 and I thought it was pretty cool. Be number three. Song three.
Now, you probably didn't know who that was, oh, did no, you? No, I've never heard that before. So that was a dude called Hani El Khatib. Still none the wiser. No. What did you think? It wasn't bad, was it? I yeah, think I, I think it was rocking. the the um sort of the wigging out guitars, probably why I shazammed it when I Right, yeah, as a sort of a I don't know, it's a bit grungy for twenty fifteen, but that's yeah. uh, that's pretty cool. The song's called yeah. Melt Me. Yeah. And it's off his uh, twenty fifteen album and he's from um San Francisco. Had a Palestinian father and a Filipino mother, mm. and he grew up skateboarding. And he's a big skateboarder, and then he decided to um, put out an album. Yeah, right. What a mix. Yeah, cool. So, well, that's a new one for me. As is the tune that um, Robert Forster is about to play. So we'll oh, uh, good segue, Gareth. Good segue. Good segue. <laughs> Started um, with two covers. Now we're going to two tunes that we we'd not heard. Yeah, I've not heard before. Anyway, okay. Let's go and have a chat with uh, Mr. Robert Forster. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you going, Robert? I'm very, very well, thank you. Very, very good. It's excellent to talk to you today. I know you've got a new album out at yes. the moment. Yes. Let's kick off maybe, and I think you've got a, a song to play for us uh, that you can talk about, and t- maybe just tease us a little bit about this tune that you've chosen. I heard this song and when it came out, and I think it, it was originally came out as a, a B-side. Mm. And I just thought it was an incredibly good melodic rock song, you know. It was just, it sounded to me like a classic, you know. Like it sounded like the um, the, the sort of song that uh, that could have been a, a big hit. And so it was strange that it was sort of like on a B-side. And, um, you know, there's a lot of passion. There's a lot of, you know, like tension in the, the track. And, you know, the melody is just amazing. And I just, I just love the, the song. Just, I thought it was amazing. Let's have a listen and get into it because it's uh, it's a great one. Yeah. 
great song. My Only Friend um, yeah. by Bad Dreams. Um, and they were a, uh, well, they are a band from Adelaide. Why wasn't that a hit record? Well, do you know what's funny, Robin? I actually don't even know. I, I don't know who they are. Like, I miss them. 2015, um, Bad Dreams. Same. Mm. And I, I think we'd consider ourselves music fans. And if I heard that on the radio, I would go, wow, that's good. That's my kind of tune. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's, it's, I think it was produced by, by Mark Opitz. He's done an amazing job on it. You, you, you can hear the bigness and the, the way the guitar riffs um, come out. And just the overall, you know, it's very sort of poppy, rocky production, but it, it really suits the song. Yeah, definitely. Angsty lyric of, uh, you know, used to love her, now it's fucked, you know. <laughs> just <laughs> And that comes Maybe across. that's why it wasn't here. We <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that doesn't stop things getting on the radio these days, but it just has no, that, no. that that essentially, you know, my only friend, she's gone and now it's I know. Uh, I believe you let them know that you were into them. Is that right, as a band? They got in contact with me or or I don't know how it happened, um, but I ended up, I, I sang the song with them. Um, yeah. I Splendor in the Grass. They were there and they invited me down and I got up and I met the band, wonderful, wonderful people, and, um, yeah, and I got up and sang with them, which was great. Uh, they must have been chuffed to have you get up there. Well, I was chuffed to be up with them, you know, because like, it's a, uh, you know, you, you like to be near people that are making great music, and and that's that's how I felt. Mm. Yeah, excellent. And they're an Adelaide band. There's not too many uh, big hitters from Adelaide. I guess you've got the obvious um, Cold Chisel and Hilltop Hoods, but in terms of they haven't really produced their own go-betweens, for instance, I don't think. No, I'm... no. Well, the Masters Apprentices came from um, oh, yeah. Adelaide. Uh, you know, Jim Keys and... Um, the first lineup of the band, I think, were from Adelaide, and then they moved over to Melbourne. As is the way with many bands moving away from their original hometown to try and <laughs> big in the big city. Um, I know. Would you ever ever done anything like that, Robert? I have. I've done done it countless times. I, yeah. I think. It's, I think uh, you know, unless you, unless you're born in uh, maybe Sydney or Melbourne or New York or Los Angeles or London, it's you know, it's what you have to do in a way, you know. Uh, it's it's part of part of what you do, especially back pre-internet. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you're exactly right. I mean, you can get things going from in every corner of the world now, but but yeah, especially before the internet, you you had to you had to travel to more of the centres, and uh, it was just rec- it was expected of you. Like there was no question if you wanted to further your career. You couldn't go. Well, no, I'm going to stay in Perth. You know, it, yeah. it just didn't work. Um, and um, but now, you know, like you, you can begin and sustain things. You know, you can work from home. She's a fighter. She's a fighter. Fighting for good 
albums called The Candle and the Flame. Mm-hmm. Um, is it your ninth solo album? Is that right? Um, my eighth. Eight. Eight. That's a good effort. That's what I think too. Um, yeah. No, it is. Like, obviously, it's a really personal album. Um, yeah. you know, some some of your family play on it as well, like your son, and there's songs about your wife and her illness and stuff like that. Maybe tell us a bit about some of the key tracks, like She's a Fighter, and um, I think there's another one called I Don't Do Drugs, I Do Time. Um, She's a Fighter was a song. I've, I've written the um, the music for the, this song, and then my wife got a... a, a a cancer diagnosis, and I wrote um, the lyric, She's a Fighter Fighting for Good, which was sort of inspired by um, her, you know, just the, the way that she was um, gathering herself to go into chemotherapy. And um, I wasn't planning, you know, after she got that diagnosis, I wasn't planning to write songs. I, 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 I'd sort of given up and, and knew that um, the next at least six months were, were just going to be given to. Um, you know, looking after her, looking after ourselves and looking after the family. And so, but I, 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 you know, just watching that and I had the, you know, like the singer-songwriter brain didn't sort of turn off and I just got those, you know, like there's only six words in the song, she's a fighter fighting for good. And um, and so I just put that to the melody that I'd, I'd written just before. And um, so that that became um, She's a Fighter. Um, and um, I Don't Do Drugs, I Do Time is a song I wrote three or four years um, back, previous. Um, and um, I, I don't, it's about um, what inspired the song was, was um, we, we have friends in their 50s and 60s or, you know, who are still sort of partying pretty hard. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. and um and I'd written this melody in the morning and, and I was talking to, to Karen, my, my wife, and, and somehow some news came through about from friends and that, you know, that you know, they were in the 50th, they'd been to a rave and they'd been doing this and doing that. And and I just which is great, fine. And and I I just sort of thought, you know, like and I've sort of been sober for about 20, 25 years, 20 years at that time. And so I was just like, I don't do drugs, I do time, that line came to me. It's like the she's a fighter line comes to it. I get a line or a song title and then I just go with it. And so it was just that realisation of I don't do drugs, I do time, but then the similarities between drugs and, and memory and, and what memory can do and what taking drugs can do, and they just sort of all meshed and matched. Yeah. I don't do drugs out of time Make a stop and rewind To correct mistakes of mine To recollect friends of mine I don't do drugs out of time Make a stop and look ahead See what's coming round the bend What to avoid and what to blend And I remember when we first met 
where you sat, what you said, what was running through my head, where you sat, and what you said. I think there's something to be said for a songwriter who can write something that's so personal that connects with lots of people. Do you know? Yeah. What I mean? So it's uh, and that seems to be the, the way with listening to this particular record. I think there's like, yeah, no, it's obviously it's, personal moments in there, but they they, can, they they are bigger picture connections. Uh, yeah, no, and that's true. And and um, and that's what we're finding out from the record. That's what people are telling us. You know, and because um, you know, like when you're writing and recording, you don't know. You have a feelings about how it's going to go, but until the record's out, until songs are out, you you really are guessing. You have no idea. And it was recorded with you guys just all in a room. Is that right? Like no, no overdubs. Some overdubs, yeah. but 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 primarily we, we we didn't really have the time to make a traditional record. We didn't have yeah. the the time to book a practice room for four weeks and a recording studio or a home studio for you know like a month or something. We just couldn't do that. Um with with um you know Karen doing chemotherapy and you know, hospital visits and all of this sort of stuff. So it was just sort of days that we could grab here and there in in a studio in Brisbane that wasn't too far away from our home. Mm. Basically, and, we, and we should say that um, Adele Pickford played some bass on there, and your son Louis played some guitar on there as well. Um, they were in Brisbane. Obviously, that helped because we couldn't. You know, there was no idea of finding musicians. Lewis was just he plays guitar, and and he was. In Brisbane at the time, and then Adele, who, who was in the Go Betweens from um, 2000 to 2006, and who I played with in the 90s, she was part of a, a group of friends that were, that were, were doing food and um, bring it over to our house. And so I just asked her to bring over the bass one day and the bass amp, and she did that, and that was really, really good. And so she started playing on the record. And a, a, a cool single take. Video of you making some breakfast. I I, I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> it's such a charming and honest kind of and simple. Um, and it showed the sort of tenderness of of the song in a way that you're just making breakfast. Two two bowls of breakfast. I thought that was beautiful. Yes. Oh, thank you. Um, and and that's you know like I said in our kitchen, and it's very very much you know I don't do that much as much air guitar and dancing, but you know like I'm a morning. <laughs> I'm a morning person, you know, so because there are people who, who wake up and, you know, they're a little bit grumpy in the morning um, and, you know, it takes them a while to get into their day. Well, I'm, I've always been quite a uh, get up in the morning and, you know, like I love life and I want to get out and make breakfast. I just, I'm just that kind of person. And um, so that comes through. I try to get that into the video. Of when I was a young man. I didn't know People told me Go man, go That's what they told me Go, go, go When I was a young man Elder brothers I had a few One was named David And the other was Lou showed me what it was that I could do David and Lou yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, one of those songs uh, I picked up on some lyrics, and the, um, the sleuth in me figured out when you're talking about your brothers, Lou and David, yeah. it's not, you don't actually have some brothers, Lou and David, but they are inspirational musical figures, Lou Reed and David Bowie, I'm guessing from that. And then you say later on, David and Tom. So is that David Byrne and Tom Verlaine? I'm guessing. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, so I um, read your recent piece in The Guardian um, about your favourite television oh. track um, oh, yeah. from Marky e. Moon and um, obviously with the passing of Tom Verlaine recently. What an inspirational figure for you. He was. He, he was because I wasn't, you know, like I grew up with him um, you know, like listening to him when I was a, like a teenager or t- just 2021, 20, I was very impressionable. And he was just, you know, that first television album, Marky Moon, just knocked me out. And I wasn't really a big lover of guitar solos and traditional rock guitar. And he just sort of had a new approach to the guitar in a way. And uh, that appealed to me and a lot of other people. Um, you know, it wasn't big, long, like bluesy, heavy solos. He was quite a lyrical um, player, and you know, and he was a really great songwriter. He looked really cool. So he was someone that, that was like an elder brother to me, which I sing about it in this song of the album. Uh, he he was someone that uh, I admired a great deal, um, a heroic figure, you know, and so. It was very sad when he when he passed away just a couple of weeks ago in New York City, you know, at seventy three. But um, no, he he's you know like you can hear his guitar playing in, in a lot of bands. Um, well, was it hard to get your hands on television albums in in the seventies in Australia? Yeah, no, it was easy. Um, oh, okay. Um, that's something that, that we had like up in Brisbane, like in the seventies, we had a couple of import records shops. And there was a lot of shops that, that were doing, you know, like um, Australian pressings. Um, so, yeah. so you could get Marky Moon at more, you know, bigger mainstream record shops, and then you could get the the um, American edition at import record shops. You know, and the American editions or the English editions, import records often came out a couple of weeks or even a couple of months before the Australian ones. And so if you're a real fan, you bought the import records on some of them, on some. Yeah, cool. Brisbane seems to have sort of 
I don't, I don't know if this is fair to say, punched above its weight over the years in terms of the bands it's produced, I think. I mean, I'm, I'm from the UK, so I kind of, I've heard a lot of these bands sort of secondhand later, later on, but, you know, bands like Custard, obviously yeah. the Saints, who I yeah. guess were maybe an inspiration for you to kind of pick up your guitars and, and maybe even explore going to London in the first place. Yeah, uh, definitely. definitely. Okay? They, were, they were a big... Uh, inspiration musically and just what they did, which was to get go from Brisbane to London without spending years on the pub circuit in Australia, basically. They just sort of bypassed that and went over to London. Um, and so that that was inspirational um, to us. Um, but, yeah, like a, a lot of Brisbane's, you know, um, uh, has, has punched above its weight, I think, in terms of bands. Um, there's a very strong music culture here. A lot of venues, a lot of um, yeah, it's it's a strong music community, and I think out of that comes bands. Mm. You know, I think if the infrastructure's there, we can get a gig, and people are going to come along, and practice rooms are fairly easy to get. Or you know, like suddenly, you know, if if the circumstances there, the bands will will form. You know, people will will do it um, because they can see a, a way forward. Mm. There's no custard bridge. There's no Saints <laughs> bridge. But you know, a custard bridge might be quite interesting, actually. <laughs> but there's obviously, you know, that's one of the things people always talk to you about these days is is the go between bridge, which I, you know, last time I was in Brisbane, I made a point of going over it in the new bar. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that must be bizarre. And it, it is, and it was, um, and you know, and it's very nice. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about thrilled about it you know like it's it just but it, but there's sort of it's so different there's almost like a surreal part of it as well do you know what i mean it's it's sort of like a sideways thing where you just sort of almost can't connect the dots to how that happened um, do you ever drive but, over it yourself <laughs> no 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 i do i do and um um and i know you know a lot of people go and see it um you know go between fans that come to brisbane go and see it Mm. Um, you know, I've, I've driven over it and, um, you know, I think it's been successful with what it's tried, with, with what it's doing, you know. Is it a toll bridge? It is a toll bridge, yeah. Uh, do you have to pay the toll? I'm sure you, you, you should. I know, I do. I do. I'm <laughs> <laughs> you know, like one cent a car, you know, like back in, in um, 2008 and I'd be a far wealthier person than I am. <laughs> Good stuff. As well as doing obviously your solo records and and writing and that side of things, you've also done some production work. And I'm particularly yeah. fond of a band you worked with called the John Steele Singers, which is a, oh. a good record back in when was that 2011 or something? That was a yes. good, good tunes on that. No, they were a um, another great Brisbane band, um, and I started to hear about them, and I went and saw them play. Um, and they were like great tunes, 
but they were very, very fresh, you know, like their tunes were fresh and their attitudes and what they wanted to do. And um, I ended up producing their first album and and I learned a lot from them just because they were, you know, just the way that they did things in the practice room, the way they built songs. I I, I probably got more from them than they got from me. I, I found, found them. They're very, very talented band, you know, like they'll they'll be appreciated more through time. And uh I still play with them. Like like Luke and Scott from the band are, are on um The Candle and the Flame, like they play on, on a couple of tracks. Okay. Wonderful friends. I wanted to ask you just um, you know, the sort of any reflections you had on being a solo artist and you know, as opposed to being in the go-betweens and just, you know, even doing stuff like like this, like chatting on your own and all that sort of stuff rather than doing press with other people? Is there is there much of a difference? I guess so. I I do enjoy being on my own. Um, mm. and But there is, you know, the comforts of being in a, in a band, and I am playing with, with other musicians. So really the, the only thing that's different is that, um, you know, when it comes to doing publicity or, or interviews, I'm doing them. By myself, yeah, you're you're I, the you're the band. <laughs> I'm I am the band, um, yeah. and so I find that good. I find you know, like trying to do interviews with three people in a band with someone. I find when I look at them and everything, it looks really awkward to me, um, yeah. and stilted. And so, I know with the, with the go betweens, um, particularly towards the end, Grant and I did the interviews. Separately, we we hardly ever did interviews together, and it wasn't because um, you know any friction or anything like that. It was just more that when it's just one on one or something like that, it's just a lot easier as opposed to two people asking questions is great. You know, it works perfectly, but one person interviewing two people that doesn't work as well. I don't. Yeah. Think. Okay. I don't think so. Was there some sort of healthy competition with the songwriting back in the day with the go-betweens? Were you kind of did did you have some kind of democracy with a sharing out? You can have five songs. You can have five songs. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the way that we did it, and um, that that worked really well. I'm I'm really glad that that Grant and I decided to do that um, back in the early '80s, and um, so you know, like that that worked well. And and you know there was competition, but you know like as you say, it was it was healthy, and um, there was no you know fist fights or anything like that. It was all it was all pretty mellow, and uh, it worked out well. You know like I'm, I'm glad that, that we that we did that because I think it's it's probably splintered you know like relationships and friendships and bands you know like songs on albums. You know it's very big and people get very passionate about it. Well, I think you both wrote some amazing songs. It's, uh, I've got a little bit of a I kind of I've said soft spot before. I want to say soft spot again for the um, Friends of Rachel Worth record you made in two thousand. Oh, thank which, you. Which was kind of like a I don't know resuscitation of the band in terms of yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's a good way of putting it. And that was um, I I like that album a great deal too. I think it's um, we 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 took a chance, you know, like because the, you know that was our seventh album, and we were Grant and I were were bringing the band back, and so it was a gamble, you know, and you know we recorded in America for the first time. There was a lot of things that we wanted to do different, and we wanted to try, and so um, I'm glad I'm glad that you like that record. Mm-hmm. 
And so you, the, the the players on there were kind of guns for hire, but they, they were members of Quasi and um... yeah, Quasi and and Adele, like people were talking about before she played on it. Mm. Um, and um, it was sort of you know like we 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 walked in. I didn't know at the time just how big um, the whole Portland North West America scene was, and um, so we sort of we. Grant and I toured the, the year before and we sort of met these people and then we came back and made the album as the go-betweens. And it was really good to to make our first record and just sort of come from almost, you know, far away to us and, and just go off and make this record and not be in a big, you know, although it's a big city, but, you know, in London or Sydney or Melbourne, it was just mm. really good. Or Brisbane, you know, just really good to be, or Los Angeles. It was really good to just sort of, get away it was middle of winter it was really nice really nice was it always intended to be like a go between the record or was there temptation to sort of rebrand it and do it you know no go between. it was always going to be go between okay because it had you know from where you were the late 80s kind of incarnation is quite a, a real fresh start i thought that's what we wanted we we changed a few things it's a lot more yeah it's it's a lot more live it's it's, it's a lot more i don't know i because I like the, the 80s albums too, but I, I have a real soft spot. And also because a lot was on the line. And so to suddenly be working with Grant again and be working with Adele was really, um, really, really special. Is there another favourite period that you have? Or? Um, I like, um, yeah, I, I really like Liberty Bell um, and the Black Diamond Express from 85. Um, you know, like we're, we're starting to get better in London in the mid-'80s when we're living there, you know, and that was probably the, the peak of the the London albums that we, we made. Um, yeah, that time. That decision to move from London back in, uh, when was it, 86 or 7 or something when it, before you came back and did 16 Lovers Lane, what was that um, inspired by the move back to, to Oz? We'd been living in London for five and a half years and, and we were just a little bit burned out with the city. You know, we didn't have much money and we'd gone over there with a record label but not much in, in back in 82 with not much infrastructure around us. And, you know, we sort of had worldwide record deals then in 87. You know, we were touring Europe, we were touring the United States and it just seemed like suddenly we had everything that we wanted and we'd done five and a half years in London why not go back to, to Sydney? You know, like, and we've never been based in Sydney. We've been based in Brisbane and, and Melbourne for short periods of time. So it's like, let's go back to a new city and um, make a record there and let's have summer this next, you know, we're coming up to another winter in London. It was like, let's have <laughs> five and a half years of plenty of time in London. <laughs> it is. And it was like, yeah. And it was like, let's go back and, be in Sydney and make our album there. And that's what we did with 16 Lovers Lane. And it was fantastic. It really was like Sydney was just magic and sparkling and beautiful and it was oh, gorgeous. It's uh, definitely a summer record, that one. It's yeah, it is. It is. And, and it, that felt like we, 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 you know, like as a band, you don't always get what you want or you think you're going to get, but we actually got it that time. Amazing.
you're writing a novel about the music industry. Is yeah. that right? Tell us all about it. Because it's quite uh, a bit no, I can't. No, I can't. I'm, Are you I'm allowed not, to? I'm not allowed to. My publisher has told me I can't Ooh. talk about it. Okay. Um, That's and, okay. And um, But I am I am trying to. It's set in 1991. Um, yeah. And... Um, it's been I've been writing it for a long time, um, and it is getting better. I do have to have a draft into my publisher soon. I hope they like it. Um, I already handed one in to them, and they came back with a lot of suggestions, yeah. which I'm uh, which I'm trying to follow through on. So it's it's a big thing because I'm trying to write a novel and learn to write a novel because my first one at the same time. So it's a big job, um, but I will definitely um, get it done. The next couple of months. Well, so, we'll, we'll, we'll wait with bated breath for it to come oh, out. Thank you. Please, please, please do. Excellent. So you're going to be very busy over the next few months because I see you're, no, touring, I you're yeah. going to the UK. Uh, but yeah. back in the touring UK. There, touring in Australia month. in May. In May. Uh, and um, lots of yeah, lots of things. And I'm still working on the book. So there's a lot happening, um, which is good. Thank you so much for chatting to us. It's been lovely talking to you guys. Take it easy. And, we'll see you down in Melbourne. See ya. Amazing. Oh, isn't it? Best thing about this show is we get to talk to all these people who it's are incredible. just, they're just fans it? of the music, you know, and that's, I love the go-betweens and just talking to Robert then, it was ah, brilliant. Yeah, so his new album's called The Candle and the Flame, and that's out on EMI Music, and it's funny enough, Gareth, we've timed this well, he's embarking on a massive tour, starts in uh, mid-March, and he's going all around the UK, Edinburgh, London, Belfast, you know, Hamburg, Berlin, everywhere. And then in April, he's coming to um, Australia. He's playing Sydney, Adelaide, Fremantle, Castlemaine. He's playing at the Brunswick Ballroom, which is about 100 metres from my house. Excellent. Okay. So any Brit listeners can catch him uh, very soon. And Aussies in May. Yeah. Go to robertforster.net for for, for info on that. Do you think they'll name a bridge after you? I definitely (laughs) think they won't name a bridge (laughs) after me. What about you? No. Maybe Maybe a bus shelter or something for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've got a selection of Aussie bands that I could play from them that I was really into, like yeah. local Melbourne scene kind yeah, of things. Up to you. Yeah, no, I could play the Twerps, but I've played you them. Played before. them. I played them before. Uh, I could play a band like Dick Diver or someone like that. No, I'm going to play this one. Bad choice, not a bad choice, bad choice. 
that shit. <laughs> it's not a million uh, miles away from the go-betweens, really, is it? I guess so. It's yeah. uh, the go-betweens as they started out. You know, yeah. that, that, I, I, I love that kind of. There's lots of bands that kind of take that naive flying nun approach to flying kind of, nun, and it will say who it was. That's Terry. Do you know what's really funny, Gareth? Was there a line in there about something about the old talking about <laughs> parents, which I started laughing hysterically <laughs> because that's so Aussie and also. That's the sort of thing they used to say on Neighbours. The olds. They go, yeah, what are the olds doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're called Terry, but that's the it, the band is called Terry. There's no one in the band called Terry. Yeah. It's just the name of the band. Like, yeah. you know. It's very much from that school of the twerps and all that. Yeah. Dick Diver, all that stuff race you're talking about. I, I love it. And so. also, Robert Forster's son was in um, the Goon Sacks. They, they were, yeah, they were kind of, of yeah, I guess so, yeah. in with them, weren't mm. they? Yeah. Some people died in 2015. Oh, yeah. B.B. King. Did he? Yeah. I've seen him play live. Percy Sledge. When a man loves a woman. <laughs> Silla Black. Oh, God. Um, host of Blind Date. Do you, do you still watch Blind Date? <laughs> yes. She's no, she's more famous surprise, than that. Surprise, surprise. Um, surprise, surprise. She, she was mates with the Beatles at the yeah. Cabin Club. Um, managed by um, Epstein. Epstein, that's right. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, about it. yeah and, right. Um, you're the biggest fan of this person. Yeah. Errol Brown. He died of hot chocolate. Oh, hot chocolate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Carrots are the equivalent of blackface, but in, in well, no, voice. No, no, that was just no. an impression of his voice. It wasn't, I wasn't. I'm offended by it, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember me, do you? You don't remember me, do you? I think only recently, I I didn't realise they were English. I thought they were American for some reason. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's two bands called Hot Chocolate. Yeah. Don't get mixed up. So there's an American band called Hot Chocolate from the early 70s, I think. Oh, okay. Mm. They obviously weren't very successful. Uh, I don't know, but they were, it wasn't the same band, so yeah, just be careful out there. So they died. What about this one? Eminem enters the Guinness Book of World Records for having the most words in a hit single, Rap God, totaling 1,560 words in six minutes and four seconds. I do not know that one. It sounds like, was it gibberish? I think, I think we better play a bit of All it. Right, well, 1,560 we'll words. Song's yeah. called Rap God. The feeling I've got. Like something's about to happen. But I don't know what. If that means what I think it means, we're in trouble. Big trouble. And if he is bananas, as you say, I'm not taking any chances. You're just what the side I'm beginning to feel like a rap god. Rap god. All my people from the front to the back. Nah, back, nah. Now who thinks that arms are long enough to slap box? Slap box. They said I rap like a robot, so call me rap. Well, I'm not going to listen to all 600 words oh, of that. That was a bit disappointing. I thought I expected better of Eminem. Okay. Is it your right. also rounds before your final tune? A couple of also rounds. A few bands who released big albums in 2015. Courtney Barnett put out yep. put out her album. Tame Impala put out their album. I've got a few um, <clears throat> bizarre also rounds. Do you know who Seth MacFarlane is? Is he the uh, dude from... He, he created Family Guy. Yeah, that, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's funny how I started the show with a um, Sinatra cover. He put out an album with him singing, like, right. tunes like that. Oh. Like, not, not nothing funny or anything. Oh. Like, completely serious. A legit album. Have a listen. It's a marshmallow world in the winter When the snow comes to cover the ground it's a time for play, it's a whipped cream day I wait for it the whole year round 
Those are marshmallow clouds. So yeah, that's pretty bizarre, isn't it? Like that's, that's the, not the same guy. No, surely. no, no, Gareth. That's definitely the same guy. He created Family Guy, that massive <laughs> cartoon that probably we're a little bit too old for that, but. He's like a it's like a Michael Bublé or whatever. Oh, that's, it's kind of ooh. isn't that bizarre? <laughs> so anyway, that's one of my oh, also rants. Yeah, I've got another one. Right, you know, obviously we're we're massive Beatles fans, and um, like I don't want to bag Ringo, but remember we sort of said like you know God he you know won the lottery ticket <laughs> there, <laughs> and I'm not sure if that's backing up this fact, but um, he put out an album in 2015, mm. right? Quick uh, trivia question for you. What was his band before he joined the Beatles? Oh, yeah. He was in the, uh, hur- not Hurricane. Uh, yeah, yeah. Something on the Hurricanes. Rory and Rory the Hurricanes. Yeah, yeah. On his uh, 2015 album, he had a song called Rory and the Hurricanes. Ah. I'll let you judge how good it is. Have a listen. All right. What do you think of that one, Gareth? Ringo, 2015, Rory and the Hurricanes. Oh, it was the fourth best songwriter in the Beatles. (laughs) (laughs) We love Ringo. No no offence to Ringo, but his his input in the Beatles was incredible, but maybe um, Rory and the Hurricanes from 2015 was- Like uh, a cartoon or something. Yeah. Um, And this is a bloody weird one. Have a listen to this. This is- um, See if you can guess who this one is, actually. I'll give you a clue. It's mm. someone from the 60s. Bizarre, right? Like well, pretty, pretty terrible. I saw who it was, unfortunately. So, so well, that, I wouldn't have guessed. It's, that was um, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Brian Wilson. <laughs> it sort of sounds like a Ooh. sort of like really lame dance song, doesn't it? 
I don't you get the gist that Brian Wilson has had some really bad advice over uh, the years, and yeah. uh, someone's told him that that's a good idea. They're to like, do that. we'll remix this. Yeah, and, um, we'll get some. Yeah, which all we need is your vocal and your name, and uh, we'll get some. Like, is that a stinker or, or what? <laughs> I won't be listening to that again. No, and Gareth, I've got one more which I actually haven't listened to, but um, and then I'm going to play my song. I believe Giorgio Moroder and Kylie Minogue did a collaboration Ooh. in 2015. Okay. Like, God knows what it sounds like, but... um. That's off Giorgio Moroder record. It? Yeah, that was enough for me. Is that, yeah. a vocoder, is that a vocoder going on? Yeah, and that, I didn't even know that that album existed, so it clearly flopped. Nah. There you go. All right, shall I play us something decent? Yeah, your final tune then, yeah? All right, this is my final tune. I had to listen to this in 2015. Um, thought I'd play this guy. Like, it's very pastiche of the 60s. Hmm. You know, he obviously got a massive record deal, and they- Poured heaps of money into him. I don't know yeah. if you know him. I don't know. Not yeah. Buble. Do you know how, like, when we type it in, like, last week I played, uh, I wanted to play Shivers by um, The Birthday Party and Shivers by Ed Sheeran came up. <laughs> this song's called Better Man and Better Man by Pearl Jams turned <laughs> up, but that's not what I'm playing. The song's called Better Man. Be yeah, number five. Five. I don't want more. I just wanna be a better man to my baby. Mm-hmm. Give me all good love. I was singing with them Jezebels under perfume sheets. Mm-hmm. Got a golden smile, heart overflowing, but kind of in but it wasn't enough What can I do, what can I do To get back to your heart I'd swim the Mississippi River If you would give me another start, girl All night long I was out out to the morning, but baby, you're tender. Loves when I'm longing, baby, please. I'm down on my knees, baby. Ooh, I thirst for your girl, baby. I'm running to your well. What can I do? What can I do to get back to your heart? I'd swim the Mississippi River. Mississippi River, if you would give me a
Uh, do you know who that is? I don't know. Uh, it's a guy called Leon Bridges. Oh, I've heard of Leon you Bridges. Heard of him? Yeah, I have heard like, of him. Like, it's Bridges. pretty cool, but it is, you, you know, like, it's very Motown, Sam Cooke, Otis Redding. Um, see what they're trying to do. It's like, yes. it I mean, it, it's kind of almost there, but it, 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 I can, I feel like if they'd had the players from the 60s on it, like, yeah. they're trying to do it. There's something, it's almost there. Like, it's good, but it's not going to be better than no. the original. No. And clearly, and the, the whole aesthetic, like, you know, the album covers and all the photos of him and what he wears and everything, it's like super 60s. Mm. I feel like it's a little bit manufactured. Well, it may get people listening to that kind of music, which might take them back to the, the actual yeah. stuff. I don't know. And I mean, getting... it's, it's quite a good song. Yeah, but it's, it's all just, right. Yeah. You know, for 2015. Um, the Pearl Jam song would have been better. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> not really. That's me done. A lot of new music today. So yeah. I've not heard that one before. Yeah, yeah I hadn't heard bad Slash dreams before that um, Robert played and uh, oh, you yeah. played some new stuff as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We went to Japan to see this band. They had their album out this year. Yeah, a little brother. Team, of course, from their 2015 record, The Scene Between. And funny you say that, Gareth, because when I rolled up here, you showed me they've got an album that's come out just recently. You yes. showed me the vinyl, which I'm looking at at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's called yeah. Get Up Sequences Part Two. Yeah, part two of a series. I heard it. If yeah. you. Uh, oh, yes, yeah, great. Let's say it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Um, yeah, cool. So that's the Go Betweens. No, hang on. It's not the Go Betweens. It's the Go Team. And. We probably saw this dude back in 2015, maybe, as well. Yeah. So it's a cool song, Pretty Pimpin'. Mm. And that was off his, um, I think it was his third album. Yeah, yeah, cool. But I'm going to finish with this one. Yeah. Another Aussie thing. This is a remix of a band that you played. Okay. You played in 2004. Yeah, number six. Song six. I 
there, so you get the idea. Now, so you said it was the remix of a band I played in the 2004 episode. It can only be the um, the Melbourne band Black Cab. It yeah. is. It is. Yeah, Black Cab, a song called Victorious. Who was it remixed Mikey by? Mikey Young. Do you know Mikey Young? Oh, it's, um, yeah, uh, um, Eddie Current Suppression Ring. Exactly. Eddie yeah. Current Suppression Ring and Total Control and that sort of thing. The album I played from 2004 was a concept album about the Altamont Rolling Stones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Concert, so it's not electronic at all. Like mm. I sort of respect a band that can um, do a guitar, drums album, and then that's really electronic. It's quite interesting. Yeah, I don't. Know, I haven't listened to much more of Black Cab stuff, to be honest. I just that came on. They're, they're, they're the radio interesting. Sort of, I'm not hugely into electronic stuff. No, I know, but like, I thought like, I'd mix it up a bit by playing it. Oh yeah, um, yeah. No, it's definitely good because it's a, it's a big jump from when we started with Dylan doing a um, <laughs> Sinatra, Sinatra cover, yeah, and then yeah. we've ended to that. That's that's the essence of six band. Yeah, but I, I thought that was cool. I did like that though. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's Black Cab. Final song for 2015. Yeah, six pack. Yeah, and it's funny we um, ended on an Aussie artist, Gareth, because that's we've got another guest coming up who's an Aussie artist. We do. He's been in a bunch of different things from his own band uh, in the nineties through to working on soul stuff. He's even singing and playing in a punk band at the moment. Yeah. And we talked very, to him about his latest solo project. Very so. well known in Australia, isn't yes. it? Yes. Little clue, Gareth, his band, very influenced by the 60s. Mm. That's, you know, by the Who and the Kinks and stuff like that. Seriously. Well, let's tune into the brainwaves of our guests next week. The year we're going to be doing is... 1970. Oh, I can't wait for 70, Gareth. That's such a good one. Like... We haven't done it. No, we haven't, we haven't done, done it. We have done so... I've got a bucket of tunes already oh, ready to go. So many, man. So give us a review on um, Apple Podcasts. We've got a good bunch of five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, oh, but that's come on, we need, right. some, we need yeah. some more comments on there. Give us your um, fairest yet glowing <laughs> and honest... Um, five star re- re- reviews because I believe it helps. I believe it helps. It does, yeah. So give us a review on um, Apple Podcasts if you can be bothered and you like the podcast. I really like the British guy, but you should replace the Australian. That sort of stuff. Oh, oh yeah, go go for it. <laughs> we need some more Instagram followers. Anyone who listens to this and has not joined up yeah. to our Instagram because we post pictures of them, pretty cool black and white pictures each week. If you haven't signed up yet, do that. When we post something on Instagram, and I'm saying this as a 46-year-old middle-aged man, do you ever feel like when it doesn't get a like, you go, <laughs> you go, God, I can't believe no one's like this yet. They do get likes. Though. No, 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 sorry. They, they, <laughs> they, they get likes, but, but when you post you're it. You're sitting there immediately I, I, I'm, I'm sitting there looking like at it. Three going, seconds later. Yeah, going, like, why, why is anyone like that? And I'm a 46-year-old middle-aged man. What would it be like if you're a bloody like teenager? It must be like... So awful, isn't it? TikTok, uh, Snapchat, yeah. whatever. Yeah, mm. and you go. Um, so, guys, that's my Love plea. Me. That's my plea. Just Love give me. us, give us some likes on Instagram. We'll see you next week, 1970, with uh, our guest. See you then. I've got time for one more round and a six pack to go. Six pack. One six pack to go.